You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver media podcast. True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and the Peppermaster, Hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. see i'm all by myself right now i am going to assume mr beaver has uh, spent a little extra time in the lodge because he was probably uh, suffering from a sleepless night as uh, we so often do at this uh, this particular time of year so i am currently flying solo but that's okay i'm capable of doing that i just would prefer to have a my co-pilot with me you know so, how's everybody feeling this morning? Wanna wanna say welcome to everybody, of course, and uh thanks our our, our sponsors, CanadianTarot.com, Corvid Moon uh publishing with the Misfeed Mysteries and uh, the Peppermaster. Thanks. Thanks to all three of those sponsors for sticking with us from the very beginning and, and hopefully will be with us for years to come. As we slowly grow this thing out, you know. Excuse me. Sorry, I don't mean to sniff in your ear. Still have a touch of a head cold, in case you can't uh, can't quite tell. Um, you might be able to hear it in my voice. It's it's definitely there. <laughs> Why do you get up early in the morning to 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 uh, to? to <laughs> well, because you just want to spend time with friends. I guess I don't know. Uh, it's hump day, and I have the few things I want to I want to address this morning. First off, um, I'm sure uh, James DeFiore will be happy to learn this because I'm sure it'll follow suit here soon enough. The state of Oregon just legalized mushrooms. And no, not the kind you used to whip up mean risotto. The state is the first jurisdiction in North America to legalize the hallucinogen for adults over 21. In Canada, in a move, a move reminiscent of the early days of the unlicensed pot cafes, mushroom dispensaries have been up and running while law enforcement tackles bigger issues. So I can see that eventually being a legalized product here in Canada at some point in time, when I don't know, but I'm sure at some point in time the government will get around to tabling legislation so that you can uh, imbibe in that particular hallucinogen. Now, I don't know exactly what'll take place or how it'll take place because i do know that of course they are looking at using uh, psilocybin which is the uh active ingredient in 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 mushrooms that um, create the high psilocybin is being used uh in micro dosages to treat both depression and anxiety and um initial Findings indicate that uh, it works incredibly well as both an antidepressant and an anxiety medication. So, 
this could be a, a move in the right direction, but I don't know. I'm, I'm still, look, I'm still waiting to find out how well it works and what the possible side effects are. I mean, the study will be going on for a while, but if, um, if, if microdosing can, uh, can reduce the effects of depression and anxiety, I'm all for it. Oh, PTSD as well, eh, Mike? Well, that's good to know. I did not know that. Well, and and that's funny you you say that, um, Lazy Sunday. Uh, only the Canadian government can lose money selling drugs. Let's remember to point the finger of blame at the provincial governments that operate the uh, the stores and license them, because it is federally license federally legal, uh, and it's up to the provinces to license and regulate the uh, dispensaries and stores. And um. Yeah, in the first year that um, cannabis was legal in Canada, I think uh, the Ford government lost something like $40 million? Or was it 125 Somebody want to look that up, feel free. I'm kind of busy with a few other things at the moment. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we lost money selling weed. Go figure. Only a former drug dealer has been college dropout. He did graduate high school, let's be honest, he did. Only a former has-been drug dealer college dropout could lose money selling legal marijuana. Isn't that wild? And uh, according to Rhee, microdosing every two weeks also helps, but gives people the intense um, euphoria. Some benefit from bigger dosages and others through micro. Yeah, and it, and it's one of those things where it's it's like let's just see uh, what's going to take place because you know I'm 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 allergic to a million things so I'm a little bit nervous about anything like that. To be honest with you, I, I'm hoping to see what kind of results are uh, are, are back from the medical study to find out uh, exactly what takes place and how how it can benefit individuals across the. Uh, the spectrum of, of mental health disorders and, and, you know, PTSD, depression, anxiety. Will it help with bipolar disorder? I mean, if it, if, you know, if it can, that'll be great. Uh, you know, especially for, for people who, um, don't have drug benefit plans because antidepressant medication can be quite pricey. I'm lucky enough to have a health plan that, uh, covers, uh, 94% of the cost. The prescription cost me $6, so I'm lucky. I don't have any sick leave. Well, three days a year. Anyway, in other news, um, $14.3 million is the average earnings of the uh, 100 highest paid CEOs in Canada in 2021, a new record. It's 21% higher than the previous record set in 2018. CEOs made most of their money, not through salary, but through bonuses and shares. And as it turns out, I think by 9.43 a.m. yesterday, so the first 43 minutes of the day, they'd already earned about $59,000, which is um, the average salary, I think, for or the average income for most Canadians. I'm like, 59000 seems like a, a low number for the average. I mean, that that's... that's well below the middle class cutoff in, in the city of Ottawa, but I guess it you know varies from city to city. I think the middle class cutoff in Toronto is about 130000 which sounds ridiculous, but yet there you have it, because the cost of living in, 
is, is just so ridiculously high in that city. Somebody want to inform me on that, whether I'm, I'm incorrect on those numbers, but it's $88,000 or 80, 87000 87 or 88000 to be a member of the middle class as a single individual in a, um, an apartment in downtown Ottawa. I don't make that cutoff. Oh, excuse me. That coffee is so good. I'm going to have to grab another one shortly, I think. I just made a fresh pot of coffee. And, uh, you know, well, there you go, Mike H. You make that working two jobs. And that ain't, that's not easy. Um, somebody once said to me, well, somebody said to me recently, average Canadian salary, sorry, this, I'm going to quote Rianne here. Uh, average Canadian salary in September 22 is deduced from as 59300 per year, according to 2020 income survey results. Canadians earned an average of 51000 while their median income was 39500 Wow. Okay. <clears throat> I did not know that. So the average uh, CEO earned more than most Canadians did in the first 43 minutes of the day yesterday. Which brings me to... Um, yeah, the rich get richer, right? <laughs> How about the crypto king, former FTX CEO and uh, ex-next Warren Buffett, in air quotes, a Sam Bankman uh, friend. Um, wow, this guy. <laughs> he maintained his innocence in court yesterday while facing charges that could land him up to 115 years in the big house. He's known as SBF, Sam Bankman friend. SBF pleaded not guilty to eight counts of fraud and conspiracy stemming from accusations that he used FTX, the crypto exchange he founded, and its sister company, Alameda Research, to defraud users of billions of dollars. The disgraced crypto, crypto wonderkind is out on bail, set at $250 million, and living at his parents' California home while awaiting his day in court. So, if you lost your shirt on crypto... Uh, and you're a very wealthy person and you lost millions of dollars in crypto, I, I, don't, I don't give a shit. You're being greedy and you were just trying to get more money. If you were just somebody who had a small investment and you put tons of money into it because Skippy the Wonder Pigeon, Pierre Poliver, suggested you do so, I feel for you and we should go after Pierre and make him pay back the money that people lost by listening to his misguided, uninformed opinion. That's just my thoughts. I don't know if there's any way we could possibly recover any monies for those individuals who lost them via crypto investments. I mean, when you have a political uh, party leader telling you that, oh, this is the way to go, this is what you should do, take that with a grain of salt, right? Um, I've never heard a political leader telling citizenry where we should invest our money before. You're right, Mike. He wants it backed and he's an idiot. I mean, seriously, have you ever in your life at any point in time, and I know some of the listeners here and viewers are a couple years older than me, have you ever, ever heard about or, or, or of a politician telling you where to invest your money in this country, other than, you know, government-backed uh, savings bond, savings bonds, uh, or, or RRSPs, but even RRSPs, I don't know if the government suggested that. I can't recall any time when the government has. I know banks certainly will tell you to do that, but the government? 
man. Uh, wait, what's this? What's this, Shelly? Her chemo is going to cost her $9,000 above what OHIP covers? That doesn't that doesn't sit well with me because I couldn't cover that. I guess I would just opt for maid at that point. Cause that I don't I don't ugh, that sounds terrible. Now here here um Lazy Sunday with Wade and Doe is saying the chemo itself is covered by health care. It's all the extracurricular meds, i.e. anti nausea, blood thinners and such are not covered. Uh, never mind the ostomy supplies. Okay, so that 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 would make sense, yeah. Um, and you might be right about that, Rhiannon. Uh, Pierre Polliver did it on purpose to have disgruntled constituents keep rating at Trudeau. People who make bad life decisions always blame politicians first. You are correct. Um, I made a mistake, and it's his fault. You know, and you're right. I've Mike H. I've never heard a politician in this country in Canada, ever given advice on outside investments. If anybody has ever heard of that, please inform me. This has got to be a first in this country because I have never, I can't recall ever hearing a politician you telling you to invest your money in a gambling scheme because crypto is gambling. It's, it's no different than walking up to a casino, putting money into a slot machine and pulling that lever. It's no different. It's a complete gamble. And a foolish one at that. As evidenced by the massive amount of money people have lost in the process. It's just, uh, it's tragic when, when, when people, you know, lose their life savings based on a, an investment advised by a political leader. It's, it's, it boggles the mind. It's astonishing to me that any political leader would suggest something like that, let alone say we should back our currency with it. It's like, this guy's a fucking idiot. Come on. You know how much I can't stand the man, but I mean, he's just, he's cost Canadians thousands of dollars, probably millions in some cases, by listening to his ill-advised advice. Governments, politicians, should never be in a position to advise you on where to invest your money. If they are, Take that with a grain of salt and then do some investigating because it would make one wonder how will he possibly gain on this? I'm not saying. I'm not even suggesting. Suggesting? It's just, you know, when all the numbers are on the table, they start to add up after a while. Form your own opinion, please. I, uh, I encourage you to do so. In other news, we're going to call this a FAFO moment. A FAFO? F-A-F-O? F around and find out? Well, let's just, I'll have to pull the graphic down here so you can see it. What happened? A 19-year-old from Ottawa was arrested for tweeting threats to Parliament, the Department of Defense, and the embassies of the U.S. and China. According to the RCMP, Daniel Hood was charged with several counts of committing a terrorist hoax, uttering threats against a person and uttering threats against property. The details. Well, the charges stem from a series of threats to make bombs to blow up the defense building in the city, as well as the U.S. Embassy and Parliament, according to court documents obtained by Global News. He also threatened to burn down the Chinese Embassy. He was arrested um, 
the, the, the charges are now only being announced despite the, the arrest taking place on November 10th, two days after the threats were made. So they were on him pretty quick. Hood was released on several conditions, including not to communicate with staff at the embassies or parliament. He is also banned from going near the buildings and has a nightly curfew of 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. His next court appearance is January 18th. Why the hell is he out? Like, why is he out on bail? Why is he released? I, I, seriously, why is that man free to roam around after uttering threats like that? That just doesn't make any sense to me. <sighs> Sorry, I just, I need to take a breath there for a sec. You know, sometimes the world just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense some days. <sighs> Let's take a sip of coffee here, shall we? I'm going to have a lot of pauses I'll have to edit out for the audio version of this podcast. <laughs> well, my friends, um, yes, uh, BB, you are correct. Ponzi, Ponzi, Ponzi. That's all it is. It's just a big, it's a big grift. It's all a big grift. It's all about how to keep us down, keep us working class and poor down under the, 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 the heel of their boot while they tell us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, but we can't afford boots to begin with, let alone straps for the boots. Tell us that we're, we're the ones that are harming the middle class, but we're the ones who are suffering the most while the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And it's just how it goes, man. It's, it's the same old song and dance that's been going on for centuries. And, and I dare say Gen Z, Generation Z, is, is not putting up with it. People want to call them doing things like quiet quitting or, or not are refusing to work. And it's, that's not true. They're not refusing to work. They're refusing to work for slave wages or shit wages. You can call them slave wages because the, the piss poor wages they pay today, minimum wage as an example, would actually be less than housing, feeding, and clothing somebody. So an employer... It's in their benefit to have a lower minimum wage. That's how it works, you see. that they, they provide you with wages so low that it's well within their interest to keep it that way. In the U.S., you're, you're right, Mike, is much worse, where I think the minimum wage there is, what, seven twenty-five an hour, and servers is half that. So if you work in a restaurant or a bar or a pub it's, or a nightclub, it's less than that. So on a slow night, you you walk away with what twenty bucks. I mean, they pay like three fifty an hour, I think, for servers, which is just another way to rob the poor and keep us down. And and they will continue to tell us, you know, people in positions of political power and in some interested parties, parties who are interested in keeping us down, will tell us, you know, uh, that poor person over there is trying to take your cookie. Well, the rich man has a big pile of cookies. It's terrible, and I'm sick of it. And, and I love how Gen Z is saying, no, we're not putting up with this shit. You're going to increase our wages or I quit. Okay, I'll quit. I'll find another job. I don't care. Well, we, we can't afford to staff somebody. Well, then you can't afford to be in business if you can't afford to pay somebody a living wage. One of the terrible things about... Um, 
publicly traded companies is that the larger shareholders insist on a increase in their dividend payments each quarter and an increase in their share price each quarter. So as a result, the company needs to find ways to create what they call efficiencies. And oftentimes it's like, oh, this person has been here for 27 years. They're close to getting their big payout and their pension. Let's fire them and we'll give them a shitty uh, severance package because they won't, they'll be such in such a state of shock, they won't know that they have the right to refuse to sign any document that we give them. They'll just, we'll say, sign this document and we'll give them six months' salary and they'll be on their way and we're free and clear of all that money. Well, that's not the case. If you're smart, you won't sign a damn document an employer hands you upon your termination. You will say, I'm going to have my lawyer look at this and you can watch them reel in terror because they then know that you're smart and you will get them for what they owe you. And Gen Z knows this. Gen Z is going to stick it to the man. And I'm happy about that because you know what? It's about damn time. We told these companies that, you know, we'll continue to insist upon larger profit margins, larger shareholder dividends, larger shareholder prices for an increase in their obscene wealth at the cost of the people who created the wealth. I could go on for hours on this. I don't want to, I'm going to move off this topic in a second because I don't want to get too fired up. Here, here, look, this is Mike. He went 10 years without a raise. I was making the same as I did last year for 10 years. I started working a second job in 2015 to make ends meet. Well, I'm still only working, well, truthfully, I'm working two jobs. This one, which I make no money at and spend a lot of money on, and my day job. I happen to love my day job because of the place where I work. Um, my employer gave me a 2% raise last year, which amounted to a 6% pay cut. I earn less money today than I did in 2015. $10,000 less, 10000 $15,000 less than I earned in 2015. So you can imagine how it gets difficult for me. Um, this, this is the only second job I can really do because I just physically, after working 29 years in the construction industry, I don't, I'm, I'm incapable of working any job that requires labor of any type. Uh, you know, all day long I, I work my butt off and I love what I do and I love the people I work with. I'm very, very fortunate, but because I'm a subcontracted employee, I'm not, I'm not paid commensurate to what I should be getting paid. So I do this because I love this and hopefully, I mean, our goal is to turn this into a revenue stream. Let's be honest, we're, we'll continue to provide this, this, this service to you. That's, that's no question, but we, you know, we need ads. We need to, we need to create revenue out of this because it's, it's expensive to operate this. I cost me well between bandwidth costs um, uh, and, and services that I pay for it for access to information that I require to to run a decent YouTube channel. It it adds up to a few hundred dollars a month over and above the money I've spent on equipment. So you can imagine that the investment I've made in this business is, is, is one that I, uh, it, it, I take very seriously. Uh, we want to continue to give you a good product. We will never stop giving you a good product, but you know, 
it's getting to the point where I've got to have some revenue coming in at some point. <laughs> okay, I'll get off the topic. I'll get off the topic because it's difficult. You had six jobs at one point, eh, Rihanna? That is, Jesus, six jobs. Yeah, you know, there's there's just too much. There's just too much sometimes. You, you, can't, you can't push yourself to the point of sheer exhaustion because, let's face it, life is short and you should have a decent one. Nobody should have to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week. They keep talking about moving to a four-day work week, and I would love for that to happen. But does that mean I got to work, what, 10, four-hour, four, 10-hour days? See, the company I, I was employed by, which was bought by a larger company, we were salaried employees with a vehicle allowance and based on a 37-and-a-half-hour week. Well, the new company, um, when they bought us, they moved us to a 40-hour work week, Overtime at 44, and um, yeah, moved us to hourly, and no more vehicle allowance. So they're like, well, make more money because you have You can't sell me on, on switching from salary to hourly. I'm sorry. It's never going to work. And again, I love my job. I love what I do. Just... You know, some days you just you just have trouble reconciling the fact that you're 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 not appreciated. I guess I guess that's what it boils down to. Not appreciated some days. Oh, I just got a message from Mr. Beaver. What's he have to say here? Hang on a second here. Let's see. Just woke up. The alarm for some reason was toggled off. Oh, okay. Well, if if he wants to join us, we're here, but I I got to leave in like uh, 10 minutes. So <laughs> Yes, I did see that, Shelley. Um the two leads from the um a 1968 adaptation by Franco Zavelli of Romeo and Juliet are suing Paramount for child abuse over a nude scene in the film. They're suing uh, Paramount for 500 million dollars. I I I honestly don't believe they're going to see any money uh, due to the fact that um, there's too much mounting evidence from interviews as recently as 2018 saying they had a wonderful time on set and how much they appreciated, uh, you know, Franco Zaffrelli's attention to detail and the way they were treated. So I don't know that they're going to be able to win that. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen there, honestly. Curious to see what will come of it, though. I remember seeing that in uh, in high school. Um, I forget which school I was in, because I went to three different high schools in three different provinces. Military kid, right? And I remember we watched it in one of them, and I remember, like, I just saw boobs. <laughs> Come on, I was like 15 or 16. That was exciting. You got to remember that was like in the early 80s. You know, seeing that it was, um, pardon the term, but titillating. <laughs> of course, when you realize she was the same age as you, it's like, ooh, um, 
that isn't that illegal? That's illegal, right? Uh, they, we didn't. We had the. We didn't have it on VHS. It was actually a film version that we watched. They brought the projector in because, yeah. <laughs> Lazy Sunday with Wade and Doe. I'm 60 and still get excited when I see boobs. <laughs> 54, no different. I mean, we, we always get excited at that because, you know, inside I'm still 15 years old up here, right? Uh, or as I like to describe myself to people when they first meet me, they go, hey, hey, I go, how are you? Well, I'm 19 with 35 years experience. Which is the truth for, for a great many of us. And I don't think, uh, and you're right, Nucky, some things will never change. It's just how it is. And what was it that on many TikToks I've seen, young women will be on, young women, sometimes women my age, sometimes women, you know, in their mid-30s. I guess anybody younger than me I consider young today will say something to the effect of, your man is having a bad day, your boyfriend or your, your partner, your lover, having a bad day. Show them boobs. Show them boobs. Show her boobs. They always make everybody happy. And I can't lie. <laughs> it always makes me happy. Who's kidding who? Speaking of, um, here's mine. <laughs> that, that's me in the Speedo. All right, folks, I'm going to head on out because I do have to get to work. And uh, regrettably, Mr. Uh, Mr. Beaver uh, did sleep in today. Sometimes these things happen. It's okay. We can, uh, we can forgive him, you know. Technology fails. His alarm clock failed him. And, uh, oh, yeah, cooked bacon, you're too. That's, that's right. Also, the smell of cooked bacon improves a man's mood by 20%. Brewed coffee, freshly brewed coffee also improves a man's mood, mood by about 20%. So, folks, I am going to um, head on out of here because... Oh, wait, Mr. Beaver's here. Oh, he just jumped in. Hey, how you doing? I'm, I'm just oh. about to head out. I got like, to get to work because I I I'm I in the office. So, so sorry, kids. Uh, when I woke up on the other day, uh, two days ago, I guess I set the alarm completely off rather than on just mute or whatever or stop for the day, and I slept right through. So sorry. These things happen. <laughs> These things happen. Oh. Anyway, I do have to go. I got to head out the door yep. in like two minutes. So um, yep. I'll give us day, the closing credits and we'll, we'll give you a, a good long show on Friday. Promise. Promise. The True North Eager Beaver podcast is an Eager Beaver Mr. Grizzly collaboration. Research story and guest curation and copywritten by the Eager Beaver. Recording, production, editing, and additional research by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. Once again, thank you to our founding sponsors, The Peppermaster, The Miss Fee Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing and CanadianTarot.com. And thank you to Pete Jarvis for our artwork. We love it. Kits, we'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Take care. See ya. Bye, everyone. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver media podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries 
featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and The Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.